Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hi everyone, I'm Teresa Heal, and I want to thank Chris Platty for talking about Young Living Essential Oils. So I'm going to talk about a few of them myself. We have Thieves Essential Oil, and it supports a healthy immune function and may contribute to overall wellness when taken as a supplement, which is our Thieves Vitality line. We have Peppermint, it's fresh and energizing. You can diffuse it in the room while you're studying to improve your concentration, which is great. Then we have lemon, which also aids in concentration, especially wonderful aid for children who are struggling with school or have learning challenges. Those are just a few. So if you have any questions, contact TeresaHeal at Comcast.net. T-H-E-R-E-S-A-H-E-A-L at Comcast.net. Thanks. Have a great day. And thanks, Chris. All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to Strictly Hip Hop and Strictly Hoop Talk. As always, I'm your host Chris Platty, and coming on to get coming on the show for the first time today is my guy Black Trey, the king of late night Twitter um, at Black Trey on Twitter, the king of uh, the king of sorry late late live Tinder. That was a, that was a really funny um, episode you were on, and uh, the only teacher I've ever known to tear an ACL on the job. Black Trey, how you doing, man? Man, I'm pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. That's my first time ever hearing that introduction. But, uh, <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah, well, um, you know, I, I, I know uh I know Maze always does a great job with the intro, so I was like I was like, all right, let me see if I can do a little bit something something here. Um not do it as good, but just just try to just try to do something, man. Um not, so f- not bad. <laughs> Thanks, man. How's it going? Pretty good. It's pretty hot in LA right now, but uh, you know, we need the sun, so <laughs> yeah, yeah i'll man. take it that's dope um so you grew up in la right uh yeah compton to be exact okay cool two, two different places man a lot of people say i mean i hate you know la la this la that uh, we separated by cities we just ran we just live in uh los angeles county so okay. los angeles county like is kind of easy to say like when you're telling especially when someone's not familiar with your with your city you just say i'm from la mm-hmm. um but you know, realistically, everybody knows where Compton is. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so let's get into it. So, um, you played AU ball, and then you played for college in Iowa, right? Um, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, uh, where did you play again? Uh, Waldorf College. Okay. In uh, in uh, Forest City, Iowa. Okay. So, damn. So, going from going from Compton to there what must have been kind of a bit of a culture shock, wasn't it? Uh, for sure. Definitely. Uh, I actually started my college career in, uh, Houston, Texas first. And then I kind of bounced around a little bit mm. trying to find my, find my way. Um, and ended up in Iowa, which, um, I guess forced me to grow up cause it was a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Um, g- approaching that, like, you know what I mean? Like knowing what type of jacket I needed, what type of weather I was expecting. 
um, just going, you know, just embodying the whole Midwest experience. I mean, a lot of teams we played were in Wisconsin, Indiana. Uh, we even went to Nebraska, you know, uh, went up to the Dakotas, Minnesota, you know, so um, it was a different, it was a different experience. Yeah, man, that, that's dope. Um, so after your, after uh, college, you, you got into teaching, right? Um, and you moved back to LA to teach, right? Uh, no. So I uh, started teaching, I was teaching in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona for about three and a half years. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I've just recently moved back, uh, which we have pivoted from a new company that we started, but uh, mm-hmm. I've been in Los Angeles for almost a year. Oh, okay. So the move to LA was recent then? Yeah, it's recent. Okay. Um, July, actually. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, because I've been listening to you guys ever since the True Hoop, so I was, um, which we'll get into later. So I, I always thought you were, I always thought you were LA, um, in LA the whole time. Um, oh, yeah, no. Um, okay, so I I personally uh, first found you before I even knew of the True Hoop podcast, which again, we'll get into um, and what it became and what it is now and everything. Um, but I personally knew you first from your relationship with Brandon Jenny. So how did that one come about? Our relationship? Yeah. Uh, I've been knowing Brandon since he was uh, since a kid, to be honest. Uh, he was around uh, my high school team. His mom actually used to work at my high school at Compton Dominguez. Um, he was around during the glory days of Tyson Chandler and you know other guys that graced to put on that uniform at Dominguez. Um, and just pretty much, you know, as he got older, um, he would hang around myself and Marcus Williams a lot. Um, and, you know, Marcus was playing in the NBA as well with the Golden State Warriors and New Jersey Nets. And once Brandon got of age, I mean, it was to a point where, I mean, I wasn't even really watching high school basketball. And it was one summer uh, Marcus mentioned that Brandon was the number one player in the country. And I'm like, I just dusted off like, man, high school basketball is just trash now. Like, mm-hmm. which was super talented kids coming out at that at that time um yeah and he was faced with the decision of going pro or actually going to university of arizona and he decided to go pro um which was a a difficult decision for him to make but he did it um caught a lot of slack for it and you know found his way into the nba his lifelong dream so i mean i've been i've been around um for a while um that's like one of my best friends i consider him like a little brother I don't have any brothers, so he's, you know, we, I mean, I, I, I couldn't really put it in any other way. I mean, <laughs> we know everything about each other. We, we're always around each other, and most people think that uh, we're brothers already. So, yeah, it's like my brother. Yeah, man, that's that's dope. So was it uh, was it Brandon Jennings that got you connected with Amin and, like, ESPN, or was that something else that happened? No. Okay, how no, did Brandon that happen? No, Brandon had no idea of the pod, to be honest. Oh, okay. He didn't even know what podcast was. I mean, myself too. I didn't know what a podcast was. Um, Amin had been following me for a while. He, uh, I think, started following me when me, me and Brandon made us. We switched accounts for a couple, like a month or something like that. Oh yes, and, I was on. I was on uh, your guys' show when you guys were talking about this. I was on the mailbag that one episode. Okay, um, I remember. Yeah, yeah so anyways, we go ahead. Yeah, sorry. We switched accounts. Um, and from there, a lot of people, you know, when I made my own account again, cause I had multiple accounts, um, but I would always, I'm, I'm super, as you can tell, I mean, I'm like not in the like public light. So 
Um, I try to avoid that as much as possible. So at, 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 at one point in time, when I would get 2,000 followers, I would delete my account entirely and just kind of just start fresh. I'll take a break and then I'll start fresh. And uh, this last account, I decided to keep um, because I was advised just to keep it. And it kept growing and it kept growing. And here we are, 14,000 followers later, which is, I mean, that's just a number. It doesn't matter. Um, it's all about quality to me. If you can make me laugh, then you deserve to follow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah, that's, that's how I mean, uh, me and Amin uh, started following each other. We both lived in Phoenix. Uh, but Amin was working for the Suns at the time. So we were going back and forth. Um, I had no idea that Amin worked for ESPN. I never watched ESPN. I had been out on them for a long time. So I, and I don't even watch TV as, as it goes now. I mean, normally I'm kind of just streaming off my laptop or something. Um, but from this scenario, Amin invited me on. Um, obviously, the talk was about the Knicks, and the Knicks were having a little success early, but then also um, dealing with some drama. And Amin felt that I was the best guest suitable to talk about the situation because I was around those guys. Um, but, I mean, I didn't really have much to give. I mean, I, I gave a little insight, and uh, I came on as a guest, and then I was invited back, which I brought my guest, Chris Childs, with me. And then I kind of just stuck. And, you know, um, I know, I, like I said, I didn't even know True Hoop was a community. That was just oblivious to me. Um, and then from there, I became a cast member. And, and um, you know, they, the community accepted me as is. So um, here I am, almost two years in. Okay, yeah, so almost two years in, that's dope. So at the time, were you uh, were you doing anything else for ESPN, like appearing on any other podcast, or was it just the True Hoop? Because that's all I, I knew you. No, nah, I only did Bomb. Okay. And when I did Bomb, um, pretty much that was the one show, and, you know, I, I came with the idea with um, to Jade, Jade Hoy, for those who don't know who Jade is, um, who actually worked at ESPN as a producer, and he produced most of our pods and he still does produce our pods at count the dings um jade was unfamiliar with me he didn't know who i was he didn't know you know what i could bring to the table or anything else and um pretty much i let jade know that hey you know i'm just not some funny guy that cracks jokes or you know make one-liners on this particular uh black podcast that I also know sports, you know what I mean? I can, I think I can contribute. So he was a little skeptical before and, you know, he let me um, come on with the guys with Wendy and, you know, Chris Haynes and a couple other guys that were employed by uh, ESPN. I held my own and, you know, I think he was pretty shocked about my knowledge of the game, but I mean, I actually played the, I played basketball. So, I mean, not guaranteeing that everyone that plays basketball knows the game because, you know, there's 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 guys that's just super athletic and get by, but don't have a high IQ. Like I live this shit, so mm-hmm. um, you know, like I don't know too many people right now off season watching draft workouts and and making sure. I don't do comparisons at all, but I'm you know trying to find the hindsight of knowing what we're expecting in the league next year. So I like to be up on those things. Yeah, man. Um, I also I also I don't watch college ball. I'm kind of like a weird anomaly in that. <laughs> I don't What's watch that? it. I don't watch it at all. Oh, okay. Um, so, finally. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, I, I just, I don't know. I just prefer NBA basketball. It's just much better basketball to me. And so I have to, and I'm sure you're the same way now, is we have to cram, like, all this research in these, like, whatever it is, uh, days before the draft, you know, this short window of time. Um, and, yeah, and, and also, uh, shout out to Jade, because um, everyone who listens to this podcast knows, you know, you, Jade, all of them, because, you know, I've been... We've been shouting you out on this podcast uh, pretty much damn near every episode. You, you guys somehow sneak your way into it. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts. So let's get into that. Um, on True Hoop, you know, it goes through many iterations, starting at ESPN. Um, and then it um, and then it kind of became at, at, and then it kind of became uh, it, it came independent. You guys split from ESPN and then you guys um had a had a venture and now you guys are independent so uh just kind of take us through that whole process of you because i mean you kind of like you said you kind of built your kind of got your way in there from the outside and kind of narrowed your way in there so how was that how was that whole process of, of of building it over the over the two years that you've been here um it, it's been i guess i mean Getting into it, most people think, okay, starting a podcast, I'm going to make money because my material is good. And it doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people see other people making podcasts and they're like, no, nah, it's, it's okay. It's not that good. I think the best thing about podcasting is production. That, that mm-hmm. is the main thing, the production. Because if the production is not nothing, you're just listening to somebody's phone conversation. And it takes a lot to keep someone's interest. Also learning the duration of keeping someone's attention span, the topics that you're going to touch upon, because it's a lot of, it's thousands of podcasts that talk about the same content you talk about, but what separates you, um, what mm-hmm. keeps that person continue to come back. Um, also in this experience, you know, obviously transitioning from the, the world leader, um, which is a, a, a huge cosign because everyone goes and gets their, their, their sources from them because they think, okay, if ESPN said it, then, pretty much it's it's a fact or it's no way they would you know fabricate or go off rumors so um it, it's one of those it's one of those um scenarios but also it's a scary feeling venturing out on your own with the unknown you know you have to just trust and believe in the product and in this scenario obviously i had built a rapport with jade and tom haberstroh and zach harper and amin and guys like mariano and waz um, and you know, other people that contributed to the pod, we were like a family. So I trusted them, you know, and I'm a pretty loyal person. So, um, instead of going, you know, venturing off this way and venturing off that way, um, I decided to follow their, their lead and, you know, um, you know, going, joining the other venture and it, things looked as it was the right fit, but it ended up not being the right fit for us. And now that we're independent, um, I think things have been going very well. Um, we recently just did a live podcast um, in Oakland, um, which was very fun and exciting. And we're planning on doing more. Um, but that just shows testament to our community of you know people that 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 listen to us. I mean, we don't consider them fans; we consider them friends. And I said. You know, that's the slogan that we continue. You know what I mean? Obviously, um, Jay just had, you know, he just welcomed a baby girl into the world. And, you know, he's allowed 
the listeners to be involved in his personal life as well as myself and every, anyone else, we, we kind of open the door. So it's kind of like, you know, the virtual friend is the real friend. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it is. I mean, you know, if, if you catch me out in the street, I'm going to have a conversation with you because, I mean, I'm no different than anyone else. I mean, yeah, I get to hang out with certain athletes, et cetera. I mean, that that might be a highlight for some. I'm not trying to normalize it, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and, and I think that's, um, as speaking from a fan's perspective or, or a friend's, as you said, uh, perspective of the podcast, um, I think that's what makes you unique is that I feel like most podcasts, you're, you're a fly on the wall almost. You're just kind of listening to a conversation, whereas – with you guys have built this community. And I said this when I when I came on the mailbag, is that you guys have really built a community. Um, and it, and I know that term is used pretty loosely within uh, within podcasts, within hip-hop, within basketball, within all worlds. Um, but you guys really have built a community that uh, makes it feel like, I feel like I know you. I feel like I know you. Like, this is our first time actually talking. I mean, we've conversed through messages before, but you know, there, there's a certain sense of like, of knowability, um, because a lot of this stuff, like when I'm, you know, writing these, uh, writing this interview out and, you know, planning the questions and everything, all of this is coming from, you you know, just my time listening to you guys on the podcast. So that just shows how open you guys really are. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. That's that, that I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of it. You know, people that you've never met, but you have this relationship with them. You know, someone sees me and like Trey, and I'm like, oh, "What's up?" You know what I mean? <laughs> and then we get into our conversation as if we like, you know, we've known each other all our lives, or they have a relationship with you, or can relate to certain things. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, it's we like to make people laugh, and we like to cover the content, but then we've also tapped in on on personal personal uh, conversations as far as you know, depression and suicide to bullying to you know. To everything that that someone may be thinking that way and, and and never looked at it in certain perspectives. So, I mean, I'm 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 happy and proud to contribute to that. Yeah, man, that's really dope. So, with the Count the Dings Network, which is now the network that you're a part of, that's totally independent. You're a main feature on pretty much all of the podcasts, and you also um, had your own titled uh, "Nice Kicks." Now, I know you're a sneakerhead. Um, through, through the times of listening to you and following you on Twitter, but I still found it interesting you chose to do that as opposed to doing a podcast on hip hop or basketball. Um, so why why was that? Was it just as simple as you're always talking basketball and music, so you wanted to do something a little different, or was it more you saw an opportunity for a unique lane of content? Well, to clear it up, Nice Kicks was not my podcast. I oh, I don't it? have a so I don't have a solo pod. I decided not to have a solo pod um, because most of the content that we covered was featured on bomb. And then there's also um, during the time Waz had a podcast and Mariano had his own podcast. So they covered a lot of content. So it was no need to have, you know, three solo pods talking mm-hmm. about the same content. It would be like a tug of war of, right. you know, sharing the, in- the insight. So I, I took a step back as far as just putting everything into bomb and and pretty much delivering on that end you know um but nice kicks was uh you know that that podcast is actually two of my friends in real life nick DePaula and matt halfield um obviously people don't know matt halfield runs 
Nice Kicks um, mm. sneaker community online. And um, Nick DePaul is the chief editor, and he's also uh, the senior sneakerhead on ESPN, which is a rare title that's been created. None has you never seen that before. So if you were a sneakerhead, that's just open door for future sneakerheads. You know, I know a lot a lot of people hate on Nick and thinks why does he have his job or, you know, oh look, are you serious right now? This is what we're coming into now. I'm like, no, he's creating a new genre for the future. Mm-hmm. You know, like sneaker journalism is up. People's shoes are never going to die out because people love shoes. They they're a personal attachment, whether they're retro or not, or how many times they come out, they're needed. They're needed. They they hold a certain nostalgia in people's lives, like. I remember teaching in shoes that are 20 years old, not literally, but the retro and a parent stopping me and saying, I remember having those as a kid or, you know, where'd you get those from? Or that's crazy that they brought these back out with unknowingly, you know, but that's the connection of the beauty of sneakers. And to be able to do that with my friends and talk about it and share our opinions, I just didn't know how influential I was, um, especially um, starting to wear the Air Monarchs. Uh, I personally don't enjoy how they look. I, you know, they're super comfortable. Um, but my whole story and no one ever got the story behind that was that I started wearing the Monarchs to prove that you didn't have to buy a hundred dollars to $200 sneakers to be cool. And it was pretty much to wear what you want to wear and just be you. That's that's dope, man. That's dope. I didn't actually I didn't actually know that story. So I'm glad you. Yeah. I mean, most of it is pretty much just, you know, trolling the same thing with Crocs. Like, I I mean, they're comfortable. Like, I'm not upselling a certain business or doing it that way. I'm just letting you know that it's not it's not all that serious to be materialistic from a person that doesn't feel cool about themselves or don't have that confidence. My whole idea is to sell the idea of, hey, you know, no matter how you dress, someone's going to appreciate it or love you for who you are versus, you know, buying clothes and still feeling the same way. Like, hey, I bought all this and that that girl that I like still doesn't pay me any mind. It might not be because of that. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, right. it might be something inside you. That are, you know what I mean? Like, are you having found her interest? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and that, that was that was my main my main goal of, of what I was upselling, you know? I'm no cooler than anyone else. I feel that I just have a ton of confidence to wear what I want to wear. And I'm also just battle tested for jokes. I mean, I grew up on jokes. So me handing out a joke to someone and then also being told a joke or someone talking about me, I can take a joke. It doesn't, I won't take it personal. Yeah. That's really dope, man. Um, That's really dope. Uh, So, Back to back to kind of your role. Um, so, with with Count the Dinks Network, you know, like I said, you're a main feature. You're um, you're doing uh, you're you're contributing heavily to Black to Black. Um, what is the next plan for you? Are you now with with Waz kind of you know out with um, uninterrupted and um, and and everything? Like, do you do you see? A, a, a lane being filled to where you would consider doing a solo pod or do you think what you're doing now is is uh gonna be like the continual path um at this point I, I got my hands in so many things like i'm a creative so i can i feel like i can do anything i apply myself to 
Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, I mean, you know, the future of podcasting, I'll, I'll do this for y'all, to be honest. I get nothing out of this. I do this for y'all. I mean, I like to talk. I've always been a talker. So at the end of the day, me being able to contribute, that's the only reason why I'm still on Twitter is because I have so many thoughts scrambled in my head and I just let them out. I don't like mm-hmm. to personally write things down on paper. So Twitter's like my outlet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not even something, yeah. you know, I've never, I never share, share my own personal life. These are just regular random thoughts that I'm like, okay, hey, this would be cool if somebody did this or hey, this and that. And, you know, sometimes people, and also Twitter allows me to access, you know, maybe someone I'm a fan of or collab with someone that I really want to work with or put that idea. Even I throw out free ideas all the time. I don't care if they're stolen or not because I'm not, I mean, my whole attainable, you know, my whole life goal is not to be rich. I don't, I don't see it as that. I don't, you know, obviously people want to live comfortable and stuff like that, but that's not while I'm doing the podcast. I do it because I enjoy making people happy. I enjoy making people laugh. And I also enjoy the feeling that I get from it. And when I'm done having fun with it, then I'm done with it forever. You know, I can just walk away from it. Hmm. That's really interesting. So, um, before, before I get you out of here, I want to kind of go back to some, uh, some things, uh, some connections, some of the connections. So, um, you know, you have a relationship with many people within basketball and hip hop. I won't ask you to go in depth, uh, but one I do want to know, just from a fan perspective, is Rasheed Wallace. I mean, I'm from Metro Detroit. I grew up on the 04 Pistons. That was the first basketball team I watched. Like, I idolized these guys. Um, how did you get connected with Sheet? Because I heard you mention him in a podcast before. So Sheet is uh, Sheet was a part of the Detroit Pistons coaching staff. I want to mm-hmm. say 2013, 2014, and I think his last year was 2015, if I'm not yeah, he was before Stan Van Gundy. He was with the Mo yeah. Cheeks era. Yeah, but he was all he stayed on. He stayed on for a little bit. Yeah, he did. He Stan. did. Yeah, and um, you know, I mean, when I found out that was one of Brandon's assistant coaches, also Quinn Richardson, um, mm-hmm. I was starstruck. I mean, that's the only time I really actually get really excited is meeting the coaching staff of of uh, guys that I looked up to. Um. The guys I looked up to as a ch- as a kid playing NBA Live and NBA Jam, et cetera, and mm-hmm. in these games, you know, I was a fan of these guys. And to actually be having a conversation and exchanging info and being able to talk to people and, and, and revisit moments and get insider info on it, you know, it was fun. So, I mean, obviously, she was one of the coolest guys, you know, um, very easygoing. Um and has a lot of respect from, you know, from the from the janitor to the president. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. he's one of those cats. You know what I mean? He's an old school cat. Um, I love she man. She's she, she's one of the fun ones to be around. Um, but yeah, that was definitely one of the experiences. You know, and at times I'll send him. A, you know, especially I was in Portland last week, and um, I went to a pop up shop wearing a Robert Pack jersey, and uh, you know, obviously. Blazer fans grew up on Rashid Wallace, so someone had a bald on lie tattoo, and I took a picture of it and sent it to him, and he started laughing. So, um, you know, here and there, I, I would try to chime with him. I don't, I don't over talk people. You know, I try to dig conversations to prove that I know people. You know, it's it's all organically, and and that's right. that's pretty, that's pretty much how I uh, go about things. 
Yeah, it's not it's not a name drop. It's more so just when it comes it comes up if it fits. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know. There you go. That's that's pretty much it. I mean, I know originally when I first joined, it came off as name dropping, but like no, I'm just sharing experiences that other people wouldn't be able yeah. to have access to. I mean, I, I never incriminate any of these people. That's why they trust me to talk to me. And it's always in a standard of making sense of a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, to be to be selfish for a moment, um, you got a Rashid story you could share real quick? Uh, I'm trying to think. You know, recently we went to uh, an all-star weekend. I hung out with Rashid. I met up with Rashid. Uh, we went to the Pump Brothers party. And uh, the Pump Brothers are pretty known for AAU basketball. And, um, you know, I got to hang out with him and his buddy. And uh, that's during the time I wasn't drinking. So it was kind of awkward. But the coolest thing about it was just being amongst all these living legends, you know, <laughs> shaking Dr. J's hand. And, you know, you turn right and it's Mike Woods in there and you turn left and there's Steve Francis, et cetera. <laughs> and, and all these guys and, um, you know, just just kind of just seeing how that 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 era of basketball moved. It's it, it's com- completely different than the guys, the young guys I'm around. So it was mm-hmm. quite interesting to see. Um, but we met a uh, a guy who was a MMA. He's from I don't know where he's from. He's an MMA champion. Um, short guy, it's a black dude. I don't know. I, I can't think of his name. But she took the time out to you know talk to him and say, "Oh, that's a bad motherfucker." I thought he was a football player to be honest. <laughs> I thought he was a defensive back, but you know. She had informed me about the, you know, about the, the man and um, and how good he was at MMA. Um, but yeah, it was just a cool experience, you know, just just hanging out with that dude. He took me to some restaurant that I'd never been to in downtown LA, and um, we pretty much yelled out the slogan that they made because I think it was a a Japanese steakhouse, and they yelled out every time a new guest came by. And we were <laughs> we ended up yelling it out at the end of the night, and it was pretty funny for me to do it as I'm sober. And not Trump. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope, man. Um, so I want to talk uh, quickly. I want to talk a little bit of hip hop. So because, um, you know, you talked about you, you talked about, uh, you know, growing up on hip hop and stuff. So who were who who did you grow up on and who were some of your favorites and who are some of your favorites, I should say? Um, well, before. Um, before hip hop. It was New Jack Swing and R&B. Um, so I was a huge fan, you know, um, of Michael Jackson, which is kind of pop. And then also I transitioned into, um, I had a young mom, so my mom had me at 14 and a half. Um, so most of the music that was played, I kind of identified to. Um, Tony, Tony Tone, um, Belle Biv DeVoe. Like a lot of the dance music was kind of, MC Hammer. I like Vanilla, Vanilla Ice, the Ice Ice Baby stuff. I even had like a cassette of Kid Rock from back then, like um, MC Search, um, Dolls Effects, the Fusnickers, um, Digital Planets. Like I listened to a lot of stuff. I was always bad at lyrics, so like I never really could like rhyme for it, but like certain songs would kind of kind of catch a niche. Um, the first rapper I really kind of attached to and it's kind of similar to j cole's story i don't know if we because we're close in age i'm like 18 days older than him um but 
um, I attached to Tupac. I don't know why. And it was um, it wasn't strictly for my niggas or can I say that on this spot? Yeah, you can say that. Okay, all right. Um, but it was actually um, me against the world. Um, I had just lost my dad. I was like nine years old. And uh, his brother, my uncle Eric, played that album out. And I don't know why it just stuck to me. So certain and above the rim soundtrack, I really like was a Tupac advocate. You know, and even mm-hmm. though I was very young and I shouldn't have been listening to this, like I got, you know, my uncles graduated from high school in 94. They went to college at Fresno State, which is nowhere near the Bay, but they brought back Spice One, E-40. So like I was tapped in with everything. He came back with Reasonable Doubt later on down the line, um, Life After Death. Um, I was exposed to so many albums early in the game. And then I finally used to like do chores. So I had enough money to buy my own album. And um, the first two albums I ever purchased with my own money was Master P MP, The Last Dawn and Bone Thugs Art of War. Hmm. And then I followed up after that with uh, Slim Shady um, LP. LP, yeah. Yeah. So that was also amazing. I think I was just discovering profanity. And <laughs> they're saying, I mean, you know, I was raised by my grandma, so I would get in trouble, but like not like a spanking or anything. She's just like, don't repeat that or don't say that. So I would secretly think that was cool to actually be able to rap these lyrics. <laughs> Yo, me too. I could happily relate to that. So I grew up, you know, in, you know, Metro Detroit, it's suburban, suburban uh, town. And uh, so my parents, of course, were under, you know, they... My first, my first influence was, of course, Eminem. Being from Detroit, being white in the suburbs, you know, that was that was my into hip hop. And then through Eminem, I had found Tupac, and then from there, it was pretty much a rap. But I remember, um, I remember, yeah, man, uh, I remember feeling like a hard ass when I had, when I memorized, you know, lyrics off of um, what would have been like the Eminem shows, kind of more what I grew up on. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's dope. Um, my so, cousin actually was signed to um, the Lynch Mob too with Ice Cube. Really? Um, yeah, he's the one who actually got in trouble though. Um, He's—I don't know if he's still incarcerated. I haven't—I haven't tapped in with him. But um, my cousin uh, JD um, was, yeah, was arrested and he's been incarcerated, man, for a long time. But the Lynch Mob was around since 1995. And I was uh, one of those, one of those, um, one of those scenarios. They 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 ran in on, uh, you know, um, straight out of Compton. Was that the name of the NWA movie? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he was a part of. He was supposed to be like one of the guys that ran into priority with Ice Cube during oh, the that, trip. Yeah. that airport scene. No, not the airport scene. When they came to get his, when he found out that he wasn't getting paid. And oh he yeah, yeah. Bats. yeah yeah so he was actually one of the artists um but yeah got unfortunate he got tagged along with some life of crime it was a lot of stuff going on in the mid 90s though because you know yeah. you got murder was the case with snoop you know it was so many guys being attached to so many things but yeah that's where my background came from man that's that's really dope um so the last the last thing before i get you out of here um is that uh, what are what are some of the albums that you've enjoyed so far in 2018, and what are the ones? Uh, what are some of the biggest like anticipations you have for 2018, as far as music goes? 
Man, I got so many albums. Like I, I'm in a different headspace. So mm-hmm. ideally, I'll I'll give certain albums a chance. I won't call them trash because I know how long it takes to create an album, the whole process. And right. obviously, a lot of people listen to music on their headphones or from their laptop or from a certain radio or car radio. And you get it in the studio, it's it's different. It's a different feel, you know. You receive it differently. Um, normally, when you watch an interview, it changes your perception of the creative process of where that artist is thinking. Um, but right now, currently, my number one album of 2018 is uh, Fonte's album. Um, let me that is incredible. Um, I'm, I've been I've been down with uh, No News is Good News. I've been down with Little yeah. Brother for a long time. So I've you know I'm a co-follower of. Uh, of, of uh, Little Brother and Fonte. Um, the second album would be uh, Nipsey Hussle's uh, alleged debut of Victory Lap. Um, I like it. Yeah. I like the production on it. You know, yeah. after a long time coming, I felt like he didn't disappoint after, you know, several years of, mm-hmm. you know, pre making pre albums. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else have I been listening to? Um, I didn't listen to Ye. Um, okay. by choice I sat that one out but I did listen to Kids He Goes and okay. I give credit to Cuddy um, you know especially all the stuff that you know the setbacks that he dealt with, with the me- mental health and stuff like that I thought it was a good comeback album for him um, I didn't have too much to say about Kanye um, I'm, I'm still currently um, trying to ingest albums and artists as far as um, separating the art from the artists and not mm-hmm. trying to get over consumed in their personal life and their bad decisions that they make because no one's perfect. And obviously we can sit here all day and say, well, this person did that or this, that I think the only person I'm really out on, like seriously out on is R. Kelly. Um, yeah. Um, I'm really expecting big things from Masego. I've been listening to that kid for a lot. Uh, um, I'm curious to see what Tyler, the creator is going to do with this new sound. He's incorporated becoming the fourth unofficial member of the, uh, NERD. Um, what else do I have here? I'm, I'm looking through my iTunes black thought streams of thought was, yeah, uh, that's dope. Amazing. That was pretty good for him to compact a lot of that info in just five tracks. That was super impressive to me. Um, Tierra whack is super dope to me. Um, obviously currency never disappoints with this co-following. I thought the collab project with Harry Fraud was amazing to, you know, with the beats, especially the info track. I like Cavalier. A lot of people know about Cavalier. Um, his album private stock's pretty good. Um, not mad at Drake's I'm upset. Um, it gets better with the listening, um, between that whole push a T's album's great to me. Um, I felt it was very flawless and one of his best individual works. Um, Wells. I liked ASAP Rocky's testing. That album grew on me. Um, I, I I try not to listen to you know Twitter reviews. I kind of view yeah. it as my own. I mean, my thing is is if you give an opinion, that's your opinion. I'm not trying to upsell you. I'm not trying to change your mind on it. I'm not going to call you crazy. I'm not going to say that you have bad taste. What you like is what you like, and that's how I view it. Um, Juice World's album was pretty good. Goodbye and good riddance. Um, 
Cow Light of Mine was okay, super playful. Um, so I couldn't really entertain it too much. Um, I liked Nick Grant's Dreaming Out Loud. Yes, me too. I'm about to review that this week. So that was really actually dope. a good album. Um, Stolly's uh, Tell the Truth, Shame the Devil, Volume 3. I wasn't a fan of Volume 1 and Volume 2, but that was st- Volume 3 actually stuck with me. Um, Lil Baby and Gunner, big fans of those two those two kids. Um, I can't really watch them on Instagram on their personal life, but their, their content is 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 there um happy to have kevin gates back um yeah i'm not i'm not a kevin kevin gates stand but uh, i i tolerate some of the stuff that he's putting out um patrick page the second not sure if you're familiar with him he's one of the um, band members of the internet um his album oh, okay. his album letters of irrelevance is pretty good uh i'm still listening to flower boy i'm listening to Tons of alternative music, tons of indie rock. Um, like I said, I like to be in good moods. I mean, my life is way different. I got white friends. My credit score is raising. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be in a happy space and not mad. A lot of people forget that music controls a lot of your emotions when you channel that and let that in. So um, I can't, I can't sit there and listen to uh, dope music or a lot of intense music because that would be the emotion, the energy that I'm channeling out. So as of right now, I'm just, you know, pretty much just chilling, man. A lot of, a lot of super chill music. Yeah, man. I feel that. Um, yeah, I think, I think for me right now, it's, it's neck and neck between, uh, between Pusha T and, and Nipsey Hustle. Um, those two albums are just incredible. Um, pure uh just really really great and i also really love the book orion by royce of five nine i think that album's also so you know what that's actually been sitting in my you know in my uh my itunes i need to actually review it it's just that Mm -hmm. so much it's so hard to entertain albums like you have to kind of have a dry spill so that monday through thursday if you of the following week if you haven't like been stuck on one album, that's the time to kind of review it. And I'm the type of person that like, you know, uh, pour up a glass of water, don't be bothered, put my headphones on and just really chill and kind of and, and enjoy it and see if I actually like it. See if there's skips. I try to give it a decent chance. If it's not sounding too great, then I'll kind of skip the track. But I try to give it at least a fair chance of the endorsement. And then most of the albums or songs that I I post on the on the uh, on the uh, timeline is pretty much what I'm sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Royce, um, it's very personal. Um, it's a very personal album. That's the best way I can describe it. So if you're invested in Royce like I am, um, it's a really dope. It's a really really dope album, and you get like everything. Uh, everything you'd want out of Royce, um, the singings there, the the rapping, of course, is there with Royce as always, uh, and it's some of the best production I've heard him on. So I really thoroughly enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I'm also looking to um, I'm also looking to Nas, of course, this week and J Rock. Um, it's been a while for, since I've heard J Rock um, since Nine Double Five Nine. I think was like three years ago now. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, yeah, and Jarrah's so, so, also dealt with a lot too. So I mean, this is like yeah. his comeback, his comeback album. Um, you know, I like Win. I like the energy for Win. Um, yeah. 
I can't complain. Yeah, man. Um, and then, of course, the biggest one, and those of you that listen to the podcast know, um, John Connor. I'm a John Connor like stand. I'm I'm gonna die on the hill, John Connor. Like I totally believe in that guy. Um, he's really dope. Uh, he's got Vehicle City supposed to be coming this year, um, but it's been it's been coming soon since like 2015. So I don't know. I don't know about that one. Um, are you you listen to John Connor at all, or have you heard? Of uh, I've had a couple of his mixtapes, but I couldn't really, I, you know, like I'm I, I'm not a, I'm not too much of a stand. I'm just kind of really, um, you know, I, yeah. I, I salute his. I mean, I respect his craft. If that's if you know what I mean, if, if that's the best thing I could possibly say about him, I can't tell you what album I enjoyed or anything like or mixtape, etc. I mean, I. His highlight for me is, I think it was the BET um, freestyles. You know, yeah. he had, you know, showed that he had done some stuff, and I know he is working with Dr. Dre for a while. Um, yeah, yeah, he signed to Aftermath. Yeah, so I mean, those those are the things that kind of like blown past me. You know, like it's certain mm-hmm. that I'll have their album, and like LMA, she has uh, booed up. I had that actual mixtape for like two years and didn't touch it. You know what I mean? Like just because yeah. she, she was one, of, she was under DJ Mustard, and I just gave it a shot. But like I didn't even really gracefully listen to it. And that, that's how some albums are going to be, where you have to be like, "Damn, this actually was really good." But it's just yeah. so much. We're so we're exposed to over content at this time that it's just kind of hard to ingest it and say, "Yeah, like you know, this is it. <laughs> this is it. This is the one." Like you know, like yeah. It's it's very rare that I can really sit there and agree with somebody. Like I mean, I have my debates with my friends. Like one of my buddies who works for Adidas got the chance to go to Wyoming and um, listen to you know Yay, and um, you know his review was different. And I just kind of took it off of that. I wasn't trying to say, oh man, fuck Kanye. Like nah, because you know everybody has their different views. Um, but I personally just couldn't, you know, run it back. I I I, I tapped out on that. So, um, you know, hopefully, um, we get better, we get more music. I mean, obviously, um, if future, future just kind of encrypted, a, a a message. So mm-hmm. we may see something on Friday as well. Um, but I'm really looking forward to, to Nas. Life is good. It's like one of my like favorite albums of his. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think hip hop's in a, in a good state. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of con- I mean, it seems like every week now you're getting, or every other week you're getting a release that you that at least piques interest, you know, um, and so that's what that's what I love about where where hip hop is at, um, but yeah. So without be or with that being said, Trey, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. It was it was really dope to have you on the podcast and. Uh, you got a very you got a very interesting story, man. Um, you, you you have a really you you have a really interesting story that I think um that I think is very inspiring in a lot of ways. Um, the way you kind of worked your way into this and have built what you've done, uh, built and helped build what you what what you guys have built there, and it's it's very organic. And you know, as a fan, um, I really I really appreciate what you guys do. Man, thank you, thank you for all the support. For all your listeners, if they, you know, support us, continue. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, but 
Yeah, and that's at Black Trey on Twitter. And um, through his Twitter, you can find Count the Dinks. But Count the Dinks is at Count, at Count the Dinks, I believe. Um, why don't you just go ahead and plug it? I'm sure you can plug Count the Dinks better than I can. Okay, yeah. So we're at uh, Count the Dinks, Patreon.com. Um, you know, for the best content, we got newsletters. We got video content. We got podcasts, Westworld. We got World Cup podcasts. We got... We're covering pretty much everything. I think offseason is going to be the best part. Um, and looking forward to adding more people to, you know, listen to our uh, our content. Yeah, that's dope, man. Well, thank you for coming out, man. I appreciate it. Um, take care. And I want to have you back, back on the podcast again, talk some music with you. All right, for sure. All right, man. Take care. You too. All right, that concludes my interview with Trey. Once again, I want to thank Trey for coming out. Be sure to support him and Count the Dinks Network. Um, They put out a bunch of amazing content. Uh, Become a Patreon, subscribe to their podcast, follow them on all the social medias because they put out great, great content. I was glad to have Trey come on the podcast. It's been a long time coming. And if you are a listener of Black Trey's or Count the Dinks Network and Trey brought you here, Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. My name is Chris Platty. You can find me on all the social medias at Real Chris Platty. And you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Podbean, um, Strictly Hip Hop and Strictly Hoop Talk. Um, basically, one is an NBA podcast, one is a hip hop podcast. They're two separate podcasts intertwined into one feed. And we do everything on Strictly Hip Hop and Strictly Hoop Talk album reviews, discussion pieces, interviews like this one. Um, game recaps, all everything you can imagine. Um, got some big stuff planned for the offseason of NBA basketball, of course, with the draft coming up, free agency coming up. And then I got a lot of album reviews I'm cranking out this week, as well as some other interviews lined up. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And once again, I want to thank you all for listening. And as Dr. Dre says, till the next episode. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.